Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Genesis draft earlier this year to kick off the year. 
We've got satellites coming up at the World Championship of Fantasy Football. We're in some 77 drafts over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And I'm sure we'll do some NFFC drafts as well. Uh, we're going to be doing a segment later tonight uh, on draft day steals, taking a look at the early average draft positions. Listen, these early drafts, if you know who to target and you played your cards right, you can get a jump on the average fantasy player that's using this as a tool to develop their average draft position. We already know. We've already gathered the ADP. We, we, we've already looked at where people are being drafted. We'll tell you the strategy to win here later in the show. Uh, Mike, we're also going to talk about the newly formed Fantasy Players Association. It's been generating a lot of buzz lately. Uh, to say the least, um, it, it's been uh, quite an adventure already. We haven't even launched the site yet. We've got a little blog up, but there's a lot of things going on in the industry, and we're there to talk about them and bring them out. Uh, at the end of the day, we are consumers. We are uh, customers. Uh, there are questions that need to be asked, and we, we have every right to ask them, and uh, you know, we, we just need to take that stance and embrace that fact. Uh, we will be talking about the Fantasy Players Association tonight. Uh, we'll also be talking about FantasySportsBusiness.com, who just broke the article, or the lead story. Uh, the lead story today at FantasySportsBusiness.com was the Fantasy Players Association. So we'll definitely be taking a look at the article uh, that Matt Schaaf and Jeff Thomas put together over on their site. We appreciate uh, the interest there. Uh, we, we, we wanted to plug also Tony Sincata and the guys over at Fantasy Pros 911. Uh, Tony's a, a regular on uh, the Fantasy Sports Channel here every Wednesday night at 7. Him with Mike uh, Blewett and Jim Day. Uh, those guys put on a great show. And this past Wednesday, they also discussed the Fantasy Players Association. First five minutes of the show. Go and check out that show, Fantasy Pros 911, and check out what they had to say about why the Fantasy Players Association is needed. Uh, Mike, we're also streaming live, of course, as always, on thefantasysportschannel.com. Uh, that's FSC.FM for short, FSC.FM. If you ever lose the link, that's where it's at, and you can uh, join in the chat and all the all the uh, the action there. They stream live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mike, it's fantasy football wild, man, and, and, and fantasy sports overall is just this industry has taken over and sweeping the country. There's, you know, I think the last report's 35 million uh, fantasy players in this country. It's a, it's a number it's staggering, Mike. Uh, so yeah. we. Uh, we're, we're definitely interested in what the Fantasy Sports Channel is doing. Go ahead. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Scott. That, uh, it doesn't stop uh, with uh, with the different players uh, around the nation. Uh, they want to check in. They want to know. They want to know what's going on. Uh, they want to be up to speed on uh, the league, and their league is uh, reputable and things like that. Uh, that's why, you know, with what you've done with the FPA, Fantasy Players Association, uh, people need to check into that because, uh, you know, Everybody wants to know that uh, they're in the right league, but uh, I think uh, we got a lot of information to, uh, you know, to touch on tonight, and it's going to be very interesting for everyone to uh, to listen, to hang on to, uh, to you know, you know, grab 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 something and just uh, you know take hold of it and uh, you know get all the information you can. Well, the Fancy Players Association is it. FantasyPlayersAssociation.com. Uh, you can check it out. It's just a blog right now, a, a pre-beta blog to the site that we'll be launching. Uh, a, a little bit of background there um, on the site. We have uh, player benefits coming up for uh, for all the players once we launch the site. We plan on re- releasing over a hundred site reviews and contest reviews 
uh, on the industry, and, and that's going to be a tremendous source of information that's been well uh, long overdue. Uh, we're going to have the FTA Legal Fund uh, to take a look at what needs to be fought and what needs to be addressed in the legal arena. Uh, and then we'll have uh, special FPA-only benefits and discounts that more than pay for the, for the membership, access to the forums. We're going to have daily fantasy news, a little bit of everything for everybody, so check it out. Uh, I encourage you to do that, and we appreciate all those of you that have already. We've already formed the board. We've got our first round of board members announced. That was big news. Check out who was involved there. We've got another round coming up here soon because this is a big effort, Mike. We can't do it alone. It's got to be driven by players. It's for players. It's got to be driven by the players. And uh, the whole purpose is to bring power to the players in a voice. So, uh, Absolutely, Mike, Scott, to talk about. One thing I want to talk about was, uh, yep. you know, you, you had a lot of interest in uh, being on the board and uh, the board of the FPA, Fantasy Players Association. And, you know, that's a that's a pretty important thing. And it's, it's like I brought up before, you, you grab – Everybody from, uh, you know, all parts of the entire nation and, you know, you grab some and, you know, you bring them into the group and you got seven members that are uh, are, are great members and uh, going to be great uh, asset to the community that we talk about. The community that everybody's listening to right now is fantasy football, fantasy football and uh, fantasy baseball as well and fantasy NASCAR, what have you, but it primarily boils down to fantasy football, high stakes, or what have you, and uh, just make sure that everything is on the up and up. But uh, you got a great team there, Scott, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to you know working with you guys and doing whatever we can to uh, make it work. Well, we're real proud about the team that we've put together and uh, skills and talents from all across the spectrum in the world of fantasy football and high stakes fantasy football. So we're, we're proud of what we're going to do there. Um, but, you know, we've got a lot to talk about here, Mike. There's, there's, there's stories that have been galore that have, that have been breaking recently, and we, we, we need to chat about those. We need to talk about them, get them out in the open. Uh, obviously, we welcome all callers tonight. This is a live show tonight. We've, we're we're going to open the phone lines. Let me open them up, and we're going to take any caller tonight, 347-324-5404. Uh, we we want to open up the lines tonight and take any calls from anybody who wants to talk about any of the situations that are going on on the various message boards across the industry. We'd Bye. love to talk to you about those. Um, we, we, we also want to want to talk about the crew here at the chat room at Red vs. Blue. We affectionately call them the crew, some of the brightest minds in the world of fantasy football. They're already talking about draft on right now. We got 7.2 in the chat room, Missouri, Donnie T., Welcome to Red vs. Blue. Billy Waz is in the chat room. Good to see Billy up here. Co-founder wow. Rich McClellan, John Roos, Mino Brown, Rampo, Rex Quando, sports betting man, prognosticator, and Wayne. The list goes on and on. We've got a great crew already in the chat room, so if you have a question, feel free to come and address it that's, with us hey, here. Scott, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good resume you just uh, rattled off right there uh, with all those guys. I mean, they're, they're the best of the best, so... Uh, you know, it's time to uh, time to get it on and uh, see what happens. Well, again, we've got uh, we've got a lot of news to cover tonight. I tell you what, I want to start with uh, the issues that uh, one of the issues that was brought forward uh, today. The Fantasy Players Association broke the news today, uh, and, and that saw one of the posts that were over on the. Uh, there's, a, there's a big story. Just to give a little bit of background for those that don't know the stories at home, we need to we need to give you the. The 10,000-foot view from the top, um, you know, the FFOC 
was a contest that uh, awards a million-dollar winner every year. I believe the, the winner, it gets like 300000 and then they get the rest of that million over the course of a 20-year period, you know, kind of like a lottery does when you get your winner and you get to pay out over the so, so many years. It's not one big lump sum. But uh, there was, there was uh, about November, I think the boards, from what I can tell, the boards kind of went silent. And a lot of folks, just uh, the, the, the whole uh, FFOC operators just kind of went silent. And nobody talked anymore. And so the owners were kind of MIA, and then the winners went on and got, uh, you know, won their money. And, of course, payouts happened. Some people were complaining that they weren't being paid. There was a lot of controversy about that, it seemed like, on the boards. And then it sounded like on the boards, uh, some of the people that didn't get paid were complaining so much that the back-end provider for that contest, Fanball, uh, started paying out some winners, and, and that's a little odd, you know, to see uh, the back-end provider paying out winners like that. And so, you know, uh, I think I think most of the winners did get paid eventually because of that. I heard some rumors of some bounce checks or something. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it sounded like that's the, the case from uh, what, what we heard on the message board. And, you know, the uh, the, the issues that, that, sur- that surround around that is Fanball recently purchased uh, – the NFFC last August, I believe. I mean, they, right before we got ready to go to Chicago, right, Mike? I mean, there was news that came out that FanDuel right. had purchased the NFFC, the National Fantasy Football Championship, who was previously owned by Crafty Publications. And great contest there. Great guys, Greg and Tom, that run that contest, have been uh, fantastic operators for years. And we played that contest ever since. One, uh, one thing about us, Scott, is, you know, I was kind of – you know, I was kind of wondering, you know, when I go on the site, uh, it'd be by Fanball because, uh, you know, I dealt with Fanball in uh, fantasy baseball. And it was always uh, very reputable, very fine. Never, I didn't have a problem whatsoever. And then when we got back from, uh, or when we went to Chicago, and then, uh, you know, I'm seeing all this Fanball stuff, and I'm, I'm going, okay, well, you know, I really didn't know for sure what was going on. So, uh I'll let you go from there. Yeah, so, you know, we go we go to Chicago. We have a, a great time at the draft. We end up <laughs> drafting a, a great first three, right? We had Chris Johnson, Greg Jennings, yeah. and Eddie Royal, and we were on we were on cloud nine, man, and we thought we had that thing locked up. And then, of course, Greg Jennings and Eddie Royal turned out to be absolute, you know, <laughs> and, and we just really lost all hope. But um, it, was a great, it was a good contest. We had a lot of fun. And, and of course, everybody at NFC got paid as usual. But the word is persisted on the message board that, uh, hey, a fan ball is paying checks for the FFOC. What type of involvement do they have? Well, here comes John Raiders on the message board and asking questions, saying, hey, I heard that Ryan, the uh, you know one of the uh, executives over at Liberty Media, uh, I heard that uh, Ryan said that he owned uh, the FFOC. And mm-hmm. fan ball owned, that, that fan ball owned the FFOC. Well, that's a pretty big uh, concern if Fanball is uh, owning the FFOC and FFOC is having problems paying their customers, well, how does that translate to this great contest that we love and enjoy over at the NFFC? Well, you know, Greg and Tom, they're doing their job, and they're saying, hey, it's not involve us at all. You know, that's what we're, we're here to do our job and our thing. That's FFOC. Well, there's still a tie. There's still a common bond with Fanball that needs to be resolved and it gets aired out. And, you know, there's a lot of aggressive, aggression on the, and tension on the message boards just talking about this subject because, you know, you've built uh, worked a long time on a good reputation for your contest. You don't like to see it get harmed in any way. But the mere fact that Fanball is associated with the FFOC and they've had issues with payments, any kind of issue with payment is an issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's make that clear right now. As players, any issue with payments is a big issue, right? We'll, we'll, we'll state it like that. And and so if it's paying late or if it's paying uh, less and paying, you know, promising to pay later or writing the Possibly. wrong year on the check and it bounces, whatever. Possibly it is, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't and, matter. And, and you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a nice issue that uh, needs to be addressed. And I think that uh, I think that's, that it's going to be addressed, but uh, you know, it, it just it's frustrating, uh, especially if if you've won the money. If you've won the money, you 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 ponied up the money. You did that. You've won it. Now, where's my money? And yeah. that's, there, there, there's a there's a problem there. There's a integrity, a credibility issue there. So, you know, yeah. we got to we got to take care of it. Well, so the the FPA today found uh, news. So anyway, uh, it had been months and months since the FFOC had even surfaced. They've been nowhere to be found on the boards. The owner, uh, or one of the owners of the FFOC, Stan Mitsios, comes on the board this last week and says, hey, we're here, don't worry, Uh, you know, we've had a gag order, we couldn't talk about it, but we're here, we're ready to go with a new contest this year. Now, you know, there's a lot of faithful blood here on the FFOC board, and they're like, yay, great job, and stands back on, and everything's good, we can play again. But a lot of us are like, wait a minute, wait, something's not right. You don't just come on and say everything's good and make everything good. Everything's not good yet. We need a lot more answers. Where have you been? What's been going on? Tell us the story, and, and, we, need to, and we need to probably see the story. I don't want to just hear about it. I want to see some proof of it because I'm worried right now at this point as a high-stakes player. You don't disappear from your message board for months on end and expect me to say, oh, I'm, oh, no problem, yeah, I'm coming back, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I hate to play devil's advocate, but here's what happened. Uh, oh, well, we're back. It's, uh, you know, May, getting ready to be in the June training camp, things and that. You know, it's funny, uh, between uh, January and, say, the first of uh, May, they're gone. Yeah, so, you know, there, there's questions there. I'm not saying that they can't be overcome, but there's questions there. They've got to do a very good job of this. Listen, we're not stupid. We're not idiots. And you can't treat us like idiots. You've got to, you've got to be up front. You've got to be faster. You've got to play it out. So, anyway, how's that tying the NFFC? Hopefully in no way. Hopefully that there's, not, there, there's no issue or no repercussion. Hopefully it's a, a totally side issue. But Stan comes out a couple days later and he says, he answers one of the guy's questions on the message board. Somebody asking him about who the owners are. Uh, and, and so let me back up a second. You know, with the, with the stories that were going on the NFFC board, Ryan finally comes on the board after, a, you know, over a week of speculation and silence. We've been sitting here asking these questions about how fanball related. The owner can't come on and give us an answer. Are you serious? We can't get an answer for over a week from the owner or, or one of the owners of Fanball, you can't you can't address the issue with us at all. You can't tell us yes, no, go to hell or anything. We got a real issue with that. You know, you got to be upfront. You got to tell us something. Well, finally, he comes out and says, "Hey, I don't know why you guys had an issue or why this, these nasty rumors are going on, but you know, uh, we've got we've got uh, no affiliation, no ownership at all with the FFOC. I don't know why you guys would think such a crazy thing, other than the fact that we're you know paying." You know, they were paying the, the checks. I mean, <laughs> you know, two plus two here, so right? Fan, we want to know something. So don't treat no us. affiliation with the FFOC, right? That's what he said. So don't treat us. Well, they're the back-end provider. Don't treat us like we're babies. Or don't treat us like we're burdening you and like we, we have an issue where 
you know, just asking a question. We can't ask a question and have a concern without it being a problem. We need we need upfront answers. So, you know, they addressed it. Greg and Tom addressed it to the best they could, and it, we we thought it was over uh, to that to the point in which, hey, that's Ryan. That's his customer service level. He has, you know, that that's what he's going to give us. That's it. Uh, you know, that's why Greg's in. What does what he does? He's the customer service, right? So. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a skill. You know, operations managers have a skill uh, to be good with people, and CEOs usually don't. The executives usually don't. Hey, Simon, how you doing, man? So, so, so anyway, we get this post a couple of days later from Stan over at the FFOC, and he says, "Hey, we we uh, the owners are a couple of us, three of us that own FFOC and Fanball. There's four of us. Fanball. He calls Fanball out as an owner. Now Ryan, just a few days before, had said they're not an owner, and they came out so." Somebody's wrong here. Either somebody's lying, or somebody's misinformed, or somebody's just flat out wrong. And yeah, it would be hard. It's hard to understand how you can be an owner of a company and say that Mike, you're my, you're an owner of my company too, and then somebody say, No, I'm not. No, I'm not yeah. an owner. Where's yeah, there? it sounds like they're two different stories, and uh, I would love to to hear it all come out and uh, make it right. You know, that's well, the just, bottom line. It, it, well, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. We need we need better clarity. We need we need a layer of transparency now because guess what? It's been muddied up and it doesn't make sense. We need some clarity behind it. So please clarity. do a good exactly. job. Please do a good job of getting us some answers, Mike. So that was one issue. Another issue that came on the board, oddly enough, uh, you know, posted by the same guy, Raiders on the message board. He comes on and he says, "Hey, we've got an issue over here at the World Championship." And, and at the World Championship, we've got an issue, and uh, I, was, I was told by one of the top players in the world, uh, Ian Ritchie, Hawk and Roll, one of, the, one of the number one players in the country, I was told that, you know, there was a, um, there was a, uh, uh, that Jesse, one of the owners of the World Championship, is splitting teams. Whoa, that's a bombshell. You know? how, can you, how can you say anything like that? What's going on? Everybody attacks you on again. And and so now you've got you know you've got a second huge story. How could this be? How can we have two big issues in a day or in, in, in you know this off season? How can we have two big issues about two of the big contests? We need answers. Are these what is this? Is this some 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 mudslinging going on, or what 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 is motivated by here? What we need we need answers. Silly you know. season. What's that? Uh, it, it, I guess it's silly season. You know, I mean, they don't know what's going on and. Uh, you know, they, they need to know what's going on. We need to know what's going on as far as uh, fantasy players. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's really crazy. We've, we've got so much going on in the industry. And, and look, you know, who, who knows? Uh, Jesse came on, thank God. He came on and posted a response. He came on. He didn't wait, you know, several weeks on end or over a week on end to respond. He came off right off the bat. And, and you know, he's not a full-time world championship guy. I spoke to Dustin for about 30 minutes the other day. He's not a, a full-time world championship guy, uh, so he. But he did come on the boards. He addressed it. He said, "No way, shape, or form did this happen. I don't own any teams. You know, we do give teams away in certain circumstances. You can read the boards over there. He's got their boards and he's got his answers. Uh, and so, you know, it's just been uh, several issues that have really rocked the landscape. And you know, we've got to talk about them, but we don't. We don't have any answers. You know, the Fantasy Players Association. We're not even formed yet. We have good rapport with all the with all the owners and and the site contest owners, but we don't, we don't have any answers other than the fact that these allegations were made, uh, you know, apparently by John, and he had heard it from Ian, so it's a lot of third-party stuff. Who knows what, how messages get perceived or get twisted. You know, we don't know any of that. So, 
but well, I'll tell you what, it, Scott, it, it, it the made one a thing, lot of, a lot of that, The one thing that I have a real issue with is uh, the splitting and the things like this. If this is true, uh, I have a real problem with that. If if somebody's saying, okay, well, we're going to do this and then we're going to split, and you know, I mean, that really bugs me. Well, so. Anyway, hey, we're, we're taking callers here. We've got a caller from the 732. 732, you're on the air with Red versus Blue. What you got? Hey, Scotty, Mike. John Royce, how you doing? John Royce. Raiders. Yes, that is that is I. Go right out. Well, we've got, uh, well, we've uh, we've just been talking about it. I guess your, your ears are, uh, what do they call it, ears are burning or? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't get on to the chat. Um, I could see the chat, but I can't post. I don't know what's going on, but I cannot chat. Uh, so, anyway, uh, basically, I, I don't know where, where you want to head first. you want to head uh, to Wyckoff or you want to head to NFSC, Fanball, FFOC? Which one do you want to discuss? It's your, it's your time, John. What would what, what, you like to say today? Well, let's talk about Wyckoff. The, the other one is is out, it's done, it's, you know, it's all disclosed. Uh, you know, like I said, I was told straight by Ryan that uh, Fanball is a owner uh, or owns FFOC. So that's all out, it's done. Uh, it took a, a Canuck to post it and stand. So one Canuck to another. Um, it was uh, a straight answer, you know, a straight question. He answered it straight, and I appreciate it. Um, Wyckoff, <clears throat> I was, uh, uh, time frame, it's not going to be exact, but uh, Ian called me sometime in uh, Thursday, uh, I mean Thursday, but sometime in November, December, to basically uh, tell me what happened with, I believe it was uh, a transaction that happened that took place over the waiver wire, and a guy cut somebody and so on and so forth. And he brought up the fact that it happened in another league, I won't mention a person's name, and a vote took place. Well, it's straight out in the rules that no vote should be taken. It's automatic. You put in for a waiver wire, you lose, uh, you know, whoever the player is, you lose them. You don't get them back. It doesn't matter if it's a mistake. You have to look over everything, and it happens. Everybody makes a mistake every now and then. Right. You shouldn't. You know, you have all week to look it over. But anyway, in that one particular league, there was a vote. Why was there a vote? I don't know. Um, he also went on to say that he was, appro- he was approached by Jesse before the season started to split a team and give him a free buy-in. Well, I had a little bit of a problem with that, and obviously so did Ian. That's why he didn't go forward with it. He goes, but I got more. And then he named five to ten other players that he knew for a fact Jesse approached. How did he know? He was standing next to a couple of guys, a couple of other guys he talked to, and they agreed, yes, that they're splitting the team with Jesse. They got a free buy-in, and they're splitting all winnings. Now, I, you know, I, I just want to be clear on this. <laughs> I'm not trying to ruin the industry. I am not trying to do that. I am trying to improve it. I... You know, I built my name, uh, you know, by being a good player and, and, you know, being fair and knowledgeable and and being to the point. 
But when you walk into a room, you sit down at a draft table, you know, everybody deserves to have a, uh, you know, a level playing field. And uh, obviously no contest runner or owner should have a stake in any team. And I had a major problem with that. Um, So, you know, basically uh, that's how it all started. It it actually – it, it was the point was actually even before that. What happened was I played in the uh, Platinum League, and there was a couple of funny things that happened. That was the first year. The Platinum Platinum League for nobody that or for anybody that doesn't know is a twenty five thousand per team buy in. Wow! And the first year there was there was a couple of strange things that happened. I emailed Jesse, and somebody didn't commit. You know, didn't um, submit a complete lineup, therefore allowing basically an easy win to the team that they were playing. And that team was fighting for the playoffs. So, you know, I mean, you're paying $25,000. You know, to me, if I'm playing for if in a league for $25 entry, I'm not giving anybody a free play. I mean, it's just, it's principle. And here it is, it's, you're putting up 25000 and this nonsense is going on. So now... When Ian called me, I said, you know what? I said, I got beat up by a couple of dollars on a couple of players. So now wait a minute, I'm saying. (laughs) Does that mean that the player has the ability to go on and look to see what the bids are? Well, outside of the MFL site where it automatically goes off at 8 or 9 (laughs) o'clock, It, yeah, absolutely. So now, if you're splitting, if you're the contest runner and you're splitting a team with somebody, and you, and you could win the money in your own contest, <laughs> let's face it. Yeah, maybe you're going to allow that guy to look at the blind bid. And wow, you know. So here's here here's what I would like to see. And and listen again, I'm not trying to destroy the industry. I'm trying to improve it. And this is, Scott, these are things that I would love to see happen. One would be I want a contest owner or runner or the runner of the, you know, whatever contest it is to explain on their message board how they're coming up with draft slots, how the waiver wire process is done, and I think all bids should be shown. That's why I love the MFL because when you're in the league, you can see all the bids after, of course, it happens. So, in other words, if I wanted to uh, bid on whoever, uh, Mark Bradley, and I got the winning bid for $6, and Scott put in for $4, and Mike put in for $3, that all shows, as we know, because we've all played in the, in the FFPC. The other thing is, as I saw Wayne post, and, of course, it's been mentioned, I think the industry has to go to an escrow account. I think all contests have to have an escrow account, period. I don't, I don't understand. You know, this is the answer we always got. Oh, we got a big money backer. <laughs> what does that mean? Trust me, we have the money. What does that mean? Have your escrow account, put the lawyer who has the escrow, and, hey, we can all look into it. Yeah. Well, John, uh, man, you brought out a lot on the board. You brought, you're bringing up a lot here. Obviously, uh, escrow 
is a good thing. It's not the uh, perfect solution, but it is it is a, a step in the right direction for sure. But Mike, uh, or, uh, John, let me let me ask you. You know, I, I want to. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with something like this. This is not something that we 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 have handled in the past. But a question ha- has to be, you know, how can the average guy that you know the the average guy who plays in these contests drops fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars down in a contest? His wife lets him come out and play. You know, an average guy. How can an average guy come out and believe your word? You know, over Jesse's. I mean, Jesse owns the F- the, the, the the world championship. He's part owner and. Uh, part backer and 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 you you I mean what you're saying uh, it can it be you know corroborate uh, can anybody else confirm this story I mean that yeah, we we I, that's hard yeah, to hard I to have, do yeah, no I have other people that have called and told me that they have been approached by them I have another solution I don't know how far <laughs> I don't want to have to go here but then again I mean I think it's a problem because when I like I said. I, I want a level playing field, and I want a level playing for all players. I mean, when, when you walk into a draft room, you don't want to say, oh, boy, you know, I got such and such shit at the table, and, you know, he's partners with the contest runner. I mean, there was a contest out there that just was posted that the guy went to jail because he had his cousin win two years in a row. So here's here's one of the things that I know can happen. These players that are in question, checks were sent to them. So let's say they won $10,000 or $20,000. Was a check sent and deposited? Let's face it. Anybody getting that kind of check depositing the check. So if they won $10,000 and they're only depositing the $5,000, where's the other $5,000? Pretty simple. Well, you also, have, you also have money on account and a lot of, uh, a lot of things that can muddle that up. But, yeah, there is. There is a possibility that, you know, cash and checks have to, you know, transact and take place. And, you know, I guess you could, at the extent at which you had to to prove it, I I think the question is, if you were only a third party and a bystander in this situation, you have no firsthand evidence of of a situation. All you know is that it's been talked about. So you don't have a firsthand account. You have a, you know, a third party account here, you know, you know, so... I guess another thing would be, you know, who would be the beneficiary of those bids that you're talking about? You know, who who would have profited from those bids? You know, I think, you know, eventually at some point those names have to come out so that they can address that type of situation and they can they can address it head on. And and I don't know how, how that comes about or where what day that happens on, but uh, you know, there there has to be eventual names so that questions can be asked. What you know, that that's like in any story, right? You have a source, you have a Give information, and, and maybe at some point you're not the one. You don't have to vocally, you know, state it. Maybe at some point somebody else brings it to our attention or brings it up, and that can be then addressed later and says, "Hey, it's come to our attention that this has been said. Can you comment on this situation?" And and, and maybe uh, maybe you go that route or something like that. But it it, it puts you in a, a tough spot, doesn't it? Well, it does. But you know, I I mean, I think my history is you know is is pretty strong. Uh, you know, I mean, people are on me about the FFOC fanball, and, I mean, it's come out that I was 100% correct there. And, you know, I, I posted, you know, this as well before. And I honestly think that Ian Richie should be spoken to. You could basically speak to him. I mean, again, it's only his word, of course, 
well, what is Jesse going to say? Of course, Jesse's going to say, oh, no, no, of course that's not true. Well, Ryan did the same thing. And Ryan yeah. denied it. And Ryan keeps denying it. Ryan has denied it so much so that he doesn't come on and say, all right, all right, all right, guys. He has Greg going on to the site and saying, well, Scott, why don't you ask Stan on the message boards? I mean, you know, to the to the quote that, um, you know, Stan said that Fanball is a 25% or at least a 25% uh, uh, stake owner in FFLC. And they're still denying it. I mean, what are they saying, that Stan's word's not true now? You see what I'm saying. I mean, where is it going to end? It's it's not going to end until Ryan gets, comes on and says, okay, guys, i got to clean this up and we got to move on. You know, even though 30%, 33% people were laid off and fired because, you know, we're going through a tough times, doesn't mean that we don't have the money. The money's going to be put in escrow now because we can move forward and, you know, we could build a contest and, and get over, you know, the bad, uh, basically the bad uh, contest or the bad platform that FFOC was. Uh, you know, it's, it's the funny thing is Greg actually came on when that start, contest started up and stated that it'll never work. It just it won't work because of the, the little money going in and all the money going out. So. Yeah. But it always came back, oh, it's Papa John that owned it. He, you know, uh, he's got a lot of money. Well, Papa John's not the owner. Uh, <laughs> you know, if he is, then he's a, he's a minority owner. Because obviously, again, we do, let me ask you this question. Do we believe Stan, that Stan's an owner? There's two other guys from Toronto that's owner and Fairball's the other owner or Stan making that up? I mean, you know, where does, where, where does it end? That, that's my question. John Royce, the Raiders on the message board. Thank you for calling red versus blue. Uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks Scott. Thanks Mike. All right. Thank you. Mike, we're going to take a quick break. I want your comments on John Royce and Raiders after we'll, we'll be right back. 60 seconds. Red vs. Blue. Uh, we just got off a 
uh, a thunderous phone call with John Royce, uh, a.k.a. Raiders from the message board, who, let's face it, Mike, has, has stirred up quite some controversy in his short time on the boards uh, recently. I mean, he's been a veteran of the high-stakes industry. I, I think Raiders have been around since year one or two, but, you know, it, 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 uh, he, he brought up some situations that, uh, you know, we haven't heard on the board at all, uh, issues with the $25,000 Platinum League, uh, strange things going on with the waivers, strange things going on with lineups that weren't submitted. You're telling me, Mike, that somebody's going to pay $25,000 in the Platinum League at the World Championship, and they're not going to set their lineup regardless if they're in or out of the playoffs? That's hard you, to believe, you know Mike. What, uh, hey, I'll tell you what, Scott. Uh, John laid a lot of things out on the line uh, that that made, made a lot of sense. Uh, the one word just stuck in my stuck in my mind was uh, monopoly. He was worried about uh, he's worried about uh, you know others in the industry uh, monopolization uh, the entire thing. What league he may be in, and uh, you know that's that that's troublesome. Uh, he brought up a lot of things, and that was a that was very inter- very interesting and very heartfelt from him. Yeah, well, I feel bad that John uh, was completely, uh, you know, granted, at the end of the day, his, his statements have, um, have repercussions to them for, the, for some of the contests. But, you know, a concern is a concern. That could he have handled it offline? Sure. But he felt that other people needed to hear about these concerns, and he posted them. Now, players have every right to do that. We, uh, they're, they're consumers. They're customers. They're not employees. They're customers of these contests, and you have every right to go on and, you know, basically it's like this. You know, the uh, your Google, uh, you know, you have these Google business accounts where you can go on uh, Google.com and you're, you're listed in the local listings, and I can go, if I'm going to go get my oil change and I'm too lazy to do it myself, I can go on there and say, give me every oil change place within a, a two-mile radius, five-mile radius, and I can see it. And then I can click on a link, and I can see the comments, which are basically customer reviews, customer feedback. How, how did this place treat you? How were you rated? How did they do? You know, that's the type of thing that brings about change. Now, these types of things are a little more serious. It would be like, hey, I went in to get my oil changed, and the guy, you know, there was an ex-employee there that told me that, you know, they, they damaged your car while you're in there. Well, that's a little more damaging to the to the oil change shop, you know. I mean, they come in and do an oil change. So you got an issue now where, you know, World Championship of Fantasy Football and Jesse, their reputations are, are being – or his reputation is being challenged if he would – even stoop to a level of sharing a team with somebody? I mean, come on, that's way over the line of anything you would attempt to do on a professional level. Jesse made that statement. He said, he said, I had nothing to do with it. But, Mike, I'll tell you, you know, we're in the, we're in the fundraising business, right? We raise funds for nonprofits, right? Every once in a while, these, funds, every once in a while, these nonprofits will do what? They'll, they'll have a sweepstakes, right? Well, exactly. The whole thing about a sweepstakes is it's heavily regulated. It's a heavily regulated industry where you have to do certain things. You don't have, you can't do this, you can't do that. And, you know, for example, we're sitting there, we're taking the orders for these customers. We're, we're getting the donations from these customers that call in uh, right. and, and trying to win the sweepstakes. And you know what? We're not allowed to participate in the contest. We can't have any affiliation with it. Our family members can't have any affiliation with it. And that's because of the, the regulation that's around that industry. The funny thing is, this industry is a little bit different. It's a little more 
kind of like the Wild West out here, and, and there is no regulation for this industry. So it has to start somewhere. Mike, I don't know if we're the guys to do it. I don't know if it's going to get done by us or not, but somebody has to, you know, take a look at this industry and just to make sure that everything's on the up and up. And when things like well, this happen, well, you don't, know, I'm not, you don't, you don't sure. have anything to I'm, go on but the complaint. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I know there there needs to be some uh, checks and balances. And I, I'm seeing that already, and I I guarantee it that there's a lot of organizations out there that are wanting to do, you know, different types of schemes or what have you. Uh, they're like, whoa, man, we we better back up. You know, the, the F, I mean, the FPA, it's not about, you know, catching the bad guy. It's just it's, it's about getting things right, like, like what you said, uh, you know, uh, for the players, uh, it's not John, about doing John said, John said it best, Mike. John said it best. We don't even need to try to do it. He said he wasn't here to ruin the industry. He's trying to improve it. And and, exactly. and whether or not exactly. whether or not whether or not he went about it the right way is for everybody else to decide, not for us to decide. You know, the idea of the FPA isn't to, like you said, catch a bad guy or catch somebody doing wrong. It's to take. It, it, it's when a player feels like a wrong is being committed. It needs to be communicated to the contest without without any delay. It needs to get over to the contest so the contest can rectify it, acknowledge it, uh, you know, embrace it, and then talk with the customer about it. And that's what customer service is all about. And, and it, it is tough. It's not easy. Nobody has perfected customer service. But there are some real issues here. We'll continue to look into them as we move forward. I'll tell you the next step, like he said, is probably to find out what Ian Ritchie has to say. He has been a no-show on the board. He hasn't had anything to say. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's out. I don't. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> Scott. Uh, Ian. Uh, Ian Ritchie is. Uh, he's. Pre- he's pretty formidable uh, throughout the uh, fantasy uh, football and uh, fantasy sports world. So I guarantee you, he'll show up. He'll show up and he'll have something to say, and uh, it's going to be something positive. I guarantee that. Let's take a call now from uh, the, the, the switchboard still lit up. We're taking calls here tonight, 347-324-5404. Uh, man, I had so many notes here about things we wanted to talk about. Uh, but, but let's go ahead and take this call from the 937. 937, you're on the air with uh, Scott Mike. Mr. Atkins and Mr. Trent, this is Mr. McClellan. How are you this evening? Hey, Rich. Good to hear from you, sir. How are you doing? Uh, doing great, uh, enjoying the show so far. Uh, after John's call, I just uh, he made me pick up my phone and dial the number and uh, wanted to uh, kind of weigh in on that and a few other issues, if I might. Well, well we're right. always, always, always happy to hear from a uh, FPA board member, so go right ahead. Uh, well, the, the, the issues that John brought up, I think, uh, and, and Scott, you and I and others on the board have had conversations about what we think the the FPA should do, and that's why I really felt like calling is because, you know, the the FPA is something that we're starting up because we're players. Uh, we want to weed out the things that are hurting the industry because we want the industry to succeed. It's no different than than hacking out weeds out of your garden. And in a situation like this, if our organization is going to be successful, I think we can. Uh, to a degree, mediate something like this, rather than the allegations appearing on a particular contest boards. Maybe they get edited, maybe they don't. You know, everyone, you know, every every individual contest has power over that. For us, 
we're going to give the players a place to come where they can post what those allegations are. Now, I'm sure there are bad seeds among the players, too, and I'm sure we'll have to deal with that at some point. But the goal from my viewpoint, and you've said this word many times, Scott, is transparency. If, if these things aren't true, I think it's our responsibility to try to contact all of the sides in the dispute and let them have a fair say, but we have a neutral site that would allow those, those different uh, opinions to all be stated in one place. And maybe there is no truth per se. Maybe no one can ever get to the bottom of it, but at least we would allow everyone to have their say, put it in one place, and let the players decide what to do. And it seems to me like that, that would be our first goal. I mean, we're, we're all volunteering here. It's not, like, it's not like we're in this to make money. And we're players. So when, one thing I would say to anybody listening or anybody that comes to the site is if you have suggestions or you don't think we're handling it, handling it right or you think there are other issues we should be bringing up, you bring them up. You're one of us. We want it to be an association of all the people that play, and we want those people to be active members. If we're doing it wrong or you have criticisms, come tell us and help us fix it. And in situations like this, uh, I, I, I'm like you, Scott. I've seen – I don't know John. I don't think we've ever met, but – I remember his Raiders Nick being around since the early days of Whack Off, and, and, and you and I were both there. I remember that you know, distinctly, uh, and it seems to me like he, if he has some credible information that he feels strongly about, uh, he ought to have a place where he can bring it out, and we should do our best to try to see if we can get, dig down to what exactly happened. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm stating what you're thinking about it, uh, because that's, I think, what the FDA is going to try to, uh, to accomplish in the end. Rich, talk about the uh, article that came out today on FantasySportsBusiness.com. The FDA was the lead story. Jeff Thomas and Matt Schaaf, uh, the guys there at FantasySportsBusiness.com, wrote an article, and they uh, talked about uh, me a little bit. They talked about the FDA. They talked about uh, what our uh, our goals are and what our intent is. I think they captured it pretty darn well. But they also brought up you in the uh, in the article a little bit. Talk about uh, talk about that article in general. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, well, I, I did have a chance to read it, and uh, I will say it's it's kind of interesting. Number one, to have an article written about you when you don't even really exist yet. You know, we're, we you have to kind of <laughs> laugh about that. We've got a temporary uh, a blog site up to have a message board and haven't really launched, but. Uh, but where you know somebody decided that it was worthwhile writing about, so I guess I should thank them for that. You know, overall, I thought it was very, I thought it was very even-handed. Um, it's, the, it's, in, in fact, it was even-handed in the way that it's the sort of thing that we would aspire to in the types of reviews that we would write. Uh, they were, they were skeptical in several areas about could an organization like this make it? How much of our content would, you know, reside behind a membership fee? how many average players would be willing to pay. Those are all completely valid points. I mean, those are all points that we've had in discussions about trying to figure out how to make the FPA go. Um, you know, there, there was obviously uh, – you're a lot more exposed than I am, so there was a lot more discussion about you. Um, I did get brought up, obviously, in, uh, in having some relationship with, with Alex from FFPC, and, it, and that's mostly because I wrote a couple of articles for them, which is, isn't a big deal. But I appreciate the fact that they were, 
They were willing to do even just a little bit of journalism and even say that because it gives me an opportunity to say, yes, I know Dave and Alex and they're my friends. I, you know, I know tons of people that are in uh, whack off and they're all my friends. We would not, the, our industry is pretty small. We almost all know each other to some degree. If it's not personally, it's, it's tangentially. We know each other's nicknames on the board and all of that. So you're never going to be able to avoid knowing people. But uh, I think the goal that was set out, that you set out, was clear that we were going to be transparent. Uh, I, would, I told you from day one that I would never write a review of either the FFPC or Whack Off because I was involved in both, knew a lot of people in both, and didn't feel like those would be things that I would do, so I would recuse myself from those things. And I do think that that's something, since we haven't launched the real site, that's something that, that no one on the outside would know, that we're going to have an internal procedure where if we've got somebody that's got an, uh, uh, an issue with a particular contest, that doesn't mean that they aren't valuable to the organization, but we won't use them to review that particular site or that particular contest. We'll allow other people to do that, and we'll be transparent about who reviews what. So overall, I thought that they brought up uh, a lot of valid points. I mean, at the end, they say that they look forward to knowing more about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And I thought for an article written about an organization that has been what in existence for a month and hasn't officially launched, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I mean that's awesome. I mean that's that's what you have to do. You uh, you you know you bring in different opinions, you bring in different points points of view. And, uh, you know, all seven of you, uh, you know, in my opinion, for the FBA, I mean, you've done a fantastic job. And I'm not afraid to say, you know, that you haven't, uh, but uh, so far, so good. And uh, I love what I'm hearing. Rich McClellan, one of the uh, founding charter board members of the Fantasy Players Association. Thanks for joining us tonight, Rich. Hey, see you guys later. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Rich. We continue to bring the heat, Mike. Listen, uh, we've only got about seven minutes left in the show. Uh, you know, listen, obviously the, the, we're proud of what the FDA is doing. You can follow us at twitter.com slash fantasypa. Fantasypa is our Twitter account. Go and check us out. Keep up with all the information there. Obviously the website, again, fantasyplayersassociation.com. If you're not signed up, get over there, sign up, so that when the new site launches, you'll be ready to go. Uh, the high-stakes industry is heating up. Uh, the players are rising, Mike. The players are rising. Let's let's talk about the steals of the draft day early ADPs, Mike. The steals of draft day early ADPs. Look, we're looking at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. Mike, I want to give you a couple that I've seen early on. Uh, I've been involved in a couple of drafts so far, and one thing that is very apparent for me in the early rounds, you need to go if you're if you're in the bottom half of the draft, you really need to go wide receiver, wide receiver, especially on the end, Mike. Let me tell you what backs are there at three twelve. It's still there at three twelve. So if you went wide receiver, wide receiver, here are the backs that you have to choose from, and you need two, right? Probably in your first four picks. You need two. Yeah, you you're got, not gonna get many. You've got Pierre Thomas, Ryan Grant, Felix Jones, Chris Wells, Sean Green. Joe Adai, No Sean Moreno, Jonathan Stewart. Mike, I just named off eight running backs that I'd be proud to have on my team if I went wide receiver, wide receiver. I could go Calvin and Fitz to start off and then get two of those backs. Now, Mike, tell me about those backs I just gave you. Aren't those adequate? 
yeah, you know, they're pretty good. Uh, you know, they're adequate. Uh, you know, it depends on is it a redraft, is this a redraft or a dynasty? Redraft. Okay, redraft. They're <laughs> all eight of them are very adequate. Absolutely. I mean, you can take, uh, you can pick and choose, pick and choose. Uh, you know, when you went uh, Calvin and uh, who'd you get Calvin and Calvin and Fitz. Calvin and Fitz, well, you know, you got to pick a litter uh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as uh, running backs. So, uh, you know, just go ahead and have fun with the running backs and uh, because there's going to be fun uh, with them. You know, you've got a lot you got a lot to do with them. And, uh, and then next thing you know, you can come back around and then get another wide receiver that's going to help you out on the back end. Mike, let's also look at the uh, wide receiver dra- uh, steals here. Uh, later in the draft, Mike, I saw the um, in the tenth round you can get Santana Moss. Now the name doesn't bring you a lot of excitement, but now he has a quarterback, and we know the type of player that Santana Moss is. His speed kills, and and McNabb likes that kind of player. He shows that he liked it in Deshaun Jackson in the tenth round, getting Santana Moss. I feel good about that pick, Mike. Oh man, I'll tell you what, you should, you should. Uh, I've got Santana Moss in a, in, in a dynasty league, and I, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic because uh, Donovan McNabb going to him uh, with Shanahan, uh, totally different offense, an offense that, uh, honestly, uh, Santana Moss is going to love and McNabb's going to love. So this is going to be uh, – it's going to be good stuff for him. So we've got other wide receivers here, Mike. A couple of other names. Wide receiver 21 off the board. Mike Sins Walker, 23 off the board. Pierre Garçon, 24 off the board. Hakeem Nix, 31 off the board. Can't make that one out. But look, Nix, Garçon, Sins Walker. Man, those are some names. Those are some big, big performers this year to get that length. I really like that, too. I want to ask you real quick. where does Reggie Wayne fall in this? Does Reggie Wayne, what's his window, as we as we like to talk? Seven through 12. Seven through 12. Reggie Wayne is one of the most consistent players in the league, regardless of how many how much competition he has for balls. We saw all the weapons that Peyton Manning had last year with Garcon and Colley and Dallas Clark and Adai and Don Brown. He's still an elite wide receiver, oh, yeah. one of the best. And he's gonna go, and he's gonna go in the first round. He has to. Now, Mike, yeah. we got a couple more. Got one more minute left in the program. A couple other big, uh, another tight end steal that I love to see is Chris Cooley getting him. You could be the last player to get a tight end, and you could be very lucky. You might go ahead and get Chris Cooley at tight end twelve. That's how deep this tight end class. It's arguable that Dallas Clark, Gates, Witten, Vernon Davis, and Finley. Those are the big five. You got Brent Selick and some others. But you can get Cooley at 12, the last in the league to get a tight end and get one of the best with Donovan McNabb this year. Quarterback-wise, you could be last, Mike, and get Donovan McNabb at 12, maybe even my sleeper, Matt Stafford, at 14. And then, again, my sleeper running back this year, he reminds me of Larry Johnson five years ago, Jonathan Stewart, Mike. Jonathan Stewart will be a top 20 back in a timeshare situation with D'Angelo Williams. You can get him in. You know, fourth, end of the fourth, early fifth round. And if there's an injury, 
if there's an injury to D. Will, look out. You've got the top three back in the in the league. So, got that. Mike, got, you know, they they have to have the line. And yep. right now, they have no offensive line. Well, don't draft them then. We got about thirty seconds left, Mike. It's been a pleasure having the show with you. Uh, as always, the high stakes industry is heating up, guys. The players are rising. We will see you next week, Friday night. Be there. Hey, Joe. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Without